Amen. Good morning, saints. God bless you. Welcome into the house of the Lord. A very happy Mother's Day. God bless you to all of our mothers. We appreciate each and every one of you and all those mothers in the faith. We just pray that God will bless your day in a special way today. And to all of us who have mothers, every day should be Mother's Day. So don't wait for one Sunday of the year. Amen. God bless you. We're going to sing a song that we don't sing too often with the rest of the verses, number 1005. I left a barren land. I mean, the greatest love story. I love the rest of this song, though. We only sing the one part of it. So we're going to sing this all together. And if you know it, you can help me out. Amen. And we're just going to enjoy our worship this morning. I left a barren land, searching for rest, stumbling around in Amnesia, bitterness and distress. But then I met the kinsman redeemer, who is called the mighty one, took his soul to Moabite from the field, and he brought me to 
restoration, full redemption. Do you believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Praise our God in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found, for He is my life, my strength, my song, this cornerstone.
thank you, Lord Jesus, for the finished work. Amen. We're going to go to prayer at this time. Maybe the brothers could just come and prepare for the morning offering. Brother Ricard, could I ask you to come, please, and open the service for us? There's an old song we haven't sung quite a while. Worship the Lord in his presence we stand. Same key, E-flat. I was just thinking on this morning, he's worthy, worthy is the Lord. Amen. Let's sing that verse and chorus just as the brothers come now. Worship the Lord in his presence we stand. He cares for you and he understands. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us original seed father that spoken word lord that blesses our hearts and sets our souls aflame oh god lord no matter what else might be coming on the week father and what we might be dragging in but we can we can come here and find a place of rest father we can find a a place where we can just kind of let the guard down lord we can just let your word wash our souls father we confirming to us what we might have been receiving from the word throughout the week lord and as we've been listening and hearing lord but just come and confirm your word this morning to our souls father may the man of god that's going to come stand behind this pulpit father may he be stand aside lord may you just come and use the vessel lord to speak to our souls father as we stand here on this day just like any other day father but it's also a day that we want to recognize the mothers and the assembly father Lord, and the fifth gospel, Father, your word said it's the fifth gospel and how we can see it evident in our children's lives, how they've nurtured, how they've nurtured, how they've kind of held up, Lord. And Lord, we are so thankful. We don't say it enough, Lord, but we are so thankful for the mothers in our assembly, Lord, that raises our children, Father, in the admonition of God, Lord, that teaches them the way, that teaches them right and wrong. Father, we are so glad and so thankful that we can have mothers that look out for us, Lord, and as as some of us now are mothers getting elderly, Lord, but still so thankful for every step of the way where mother was there to nurture us, to help us, Lord, and to give us guidance and wisdom. 
Father, now and as we come to give you the offering, Lord, may we just bless it, sanctify it, Lord. May it be find good ground, Lord. May the, the offering just go forth, Lord, for, for we're looking for that last one, Lord. We're looking for that time when we can just be with you forever, Father. But may we not just look forward, but may we recognize what you're doing now. So, Lord, for this morning's service, may you just come. May you be pleased to dwell in our midst, Father. And may our hearts just burn within us as we walk along the way this morning, we pray. In Jesus Christ's precious name, amen. And God bless you as you have your seats. We have a couple announcements. Sister Victoria is going to come sing for us. So why don't you go ahead and come get ready, Sister Victoria, just while we take up the morning offering. At this time, we're not going to sing another song, so go ahead and come right on up and get ready if you would. There's a note that camp registration is now open. It'll be open through June 15th, so you have about a month. And there are many visitors that would like to come, so we'd like the local assembly that's going to be there to be sure they sign up so we know how much space we have. So please don't delay. Might go and sign up for the summer camp. And also there will be a family prayer meeting tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock here at the church. And also we did want to extend a special welcome to our sister Grace Alexander all the way here from Brisbane, Australia. Where are you, Sister Grace? Amen. Why don't you stand? You've come a long way. We'd like to welcome you. God bless you. Nice to have you with us. Amen. Anyone else here visiting? We'd just like to extend a warm welcome to you as well and trust that you'll feel welcome in the service today. Amen. God bless you, Sister Victoria. Um, I just want to share a quick testimony with this song. Um, I heard it months ago and it, it really blessed me. He, the Lord laid it on my heart um, to sing it, but I never could get to a place where I would be able to stand and sing the song up until um, last week's service when the Lord really dealt with me. Um, and I'm, I know Brother Murphy's not here today, but I really want to thank the Lord for the, um, the message that he preached. I feel like I'm at a different level with my walk with the Lord. Um, and even just the, 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 the preaching that's been going on with Brother Jean's preaching and the trailness of God's goodness the, the title of this song is My Soul is Anchored in the Lord. And I know that we're going through many trials in our lives. Um, and our trials make us stronger, gives us character. Um, this song is a declaration. This song is an anthem for not myself personally, but all of us, knowing that our souls are anchored in the Lord no matter what we have to go through. So I pray that you are blessed. Blessed peace he has prepared. 
anchor. Amen. Let's just sing that chorus. I know the master of the wind. Our brother Jonas is going to come sing for us, and then immediately afterwards, he and Sister Hopi are going to have their baby dedicated. So why don't you go ahead and make your way, Brother Jonas, just as we sing this chorus now. I know the master of the wind. I know the master of the wind. Yes, I Storm and make the sun to 
Dienst als im Himmel der strahlendste Tag war, herrschte auf Erden die dunkelste Nacht. Da wurde Jesus als Mensch geboren. Er hat uns Gnade und Wahrheit gebracht. Das Wort wurde Fleisch und das Licht wohnte bei uns. Es scheint in der Nacht für uns geboren, für uns gestorben. Er nahm die Sünde der Welt mit ins Grab. Am dritten Tag ist er auferstanden. Eins wird er kommen, welch herrlicher Tag, welch herrlicher Tag. Dann führten sie hinauf, um zu sterben, ans Holz genagelt, das Kreuz aufgestellt. Der Mann der Schmerzen, verachtet, verstoßen, erfuhr auf die Sünde.
Lovely, Sister Hopi. God bless. Oh, we're having a baby dedication, as you can see by this lovely couple that's standing here. I will ask I had an argument about my in my brain because that's me. That's not you. So I had a hewn or hew lie experience here. So Sister Josie, yes. Josie Haven Schumacher, daughter of Jonas and Sister Hopi Schumacher. Where's the grandparents of, on Hopi's side? Are they hiding or are they here? Oh, they're here. Oh, your buttons hit me. <laughs> they're popping. And brother and sister Schumacher, I'm sure they're in one way, in one form, watching this media. I think both parents can be very proud of the blood of Jesus Christ and what it's done in their lives. And the predestinated plan of God that brought this lovely couple together. I always stand amazed at how God puts two people together. And that he's got a, far, uh, a longer plan because he knows the children that will come forth. And what those children will bring into your lives. How they will affect you. How your heart will be full of joy and, and thanksgiving. And I trust that this will be your portion. And I know it will. Nothing better than a little girl putting her arms around daddy. And having him wrapped around her little finger. Nothing like it. I've never experienced it outside of my granddaughter's. I often say many times that you get up to half my kingdom. And so I know what it is to have a little darling, Brother Jonas, and I trust that you'll cherish this gift. I know you will. Because the Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And uh, we're thankful for your lives. I love you. I love you both for what God's done for you. You've grown up in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Josie uh, means God will add or increase. God increases by giving, and her name means a giver. 
I thought about that because in the age of Laodicea, such as we live in, it's the age of takers. People want to take something. But they've named a, a little darling Josie as, as a giver. And it's so fitting with the scripture because the Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then Matthew 10 and 39 says, If you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will surely find it. May that be her portion at a young age, Sister Opie. That you will be a reflection on this Mother's Day, the fifth gospel. And may God bless you and give you and Jonas wisdom. Haven, that is a sweet, sweet middle name. Haven means a place of safety, a harbor. Psalms 107 says, He maketh the storm, fitting with the song. He maketh a storm calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them into a desired haven. And may she live a life that others will desire the haven of rest in Christ Jesus. You have a great heritage. She has a great heritage. To have a mother who's been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, a daddy who knows him in the power of his resurrection. And Paul writes in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12 and 14, children are not, are not to lay up for their parents, but the parents for their children. For the children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but the parents for their children. And we can look at that on a monetary wise, or we can look at it on a spiritual side. Don't be spiritually bankrupt. Lay up, and I know you have, and your treasure box is really full. It's very full. May she draw on that box, on that Jesus that you both know. May she be a giver, not a, just a giver of things, but may she be a giver of peace. May she be a haven of peace. May she be a giver of life and a haven of life. May she be a liver of the word and a giver of the word. Where poor ship wrecked brothers or sisters might find a haven in the comfort of the life of Christ in her life. Brother Bram said, in God's only place of worship, the Lord your God shall raise up a giver of the word. May she be a giver of the word. You have found this life, and you have both not been takers, but you both have been givers. And may she see that and desire that within her own life. And the prophet lastly says about being a giver, it's the greatest thrill I have that I might live and give for others. May Josie Haven Schumacher live up to that lovely name that you have given her this morning. Amen.
Oh, she said, darling, you'd all love to see this. It's okay, sweetheart. Josie Haven, Schumacher. Lord, I'm reminded of a little song, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. Lord, may Josie just live that life. Lord, may she find you early in her life. If you should thus tarry, may she see the reflection of Jesus Christ in the arms of her mother, the arms of her father. And may they bring her up in the admonition of God. May she know you in the power of your word and the power of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. May your hand ever rest upon her, Lord. God, she'll bring great joy, I know. I just pray, Lord, that her little life will be guarded with the angels dispatched to protect her from sickness, give her health, give her grace, and may she be, Lord, a giver of life to many those that will see her in this world. We dedicate her this morning in this little dedication service. A lovely mother, a lovely father, standing here, Lord, in their youth, willing, Lord, to give back to you this bundle of joy. So we dedicate her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, that you'll ever keep your hand on her, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Obi. God bless you. My goodness. Amen. God bless you. God bless. Amen. Thank you. I guess I'm all alone, so we'll just go to the word this morning. Let's just sing that. Um, I had a song here, and Brother Ryan had it written down, so we'll sing it. We'll stand if you don't mind. Thank you. 
of this unveiled Jesus Christ. Lord, you have a little lady represented around the world. Country after country where your prophet said these tapes will go around the world and that the word will find that elected lady 
And I want to declare this morning, Lord, that I am around a group of people that have been called to be that elected lady this morning. And so, Father God, we take you at your word and we ask that you will come amongst us in a very special way. Not knowing the time or the hour. But, Father, we're definitely in the season. And so, Lord, I just pray as we now look at your word this morning, maybe a little soberly. But I pray, God, you'll strike the seed within the heart of every believer that they could rejoice in a song, Rock of Ages, as much as they said, Blessed be the name of my rock. It's not in the emotion of it, but it's in the reality of it. So, Father God, as we see ourselves in the Word this morning, which is in you, we pray, God, that there will be a shout of victory within the camp of the living God. Your Word has been proclaimed these many years, closing down to 50 years of our jubilee. We have indeed been set free. Satan's head has been crushed. And the kingdom have now fallen and have become the kingdoms of our God. Let this reality ring true to your children as we turn to the word in Jesus name amen so to be reminded there will be a prayer meeting tomorrow for the families I know that that's always a special time if you have not attended or you've been maybe had other obligations I would encourage you to attend because God is doing marvelous things amongst this church And there's many testimonies you do not hear. And because it's because we, if we took the time to give you the testimony after testimony of what God had led up to that problem and what God did at that problem and where that situation is now, we would be here probably all day to next day and the next day. And you say, well, where is God moving I would ask the other question is, why can't you see God moving? <laughs> it's just, it's as inevitable as anything. And so this morning, I want to wish mothers a happy Mother's Day. And for those that aren't mothers and will be potential mothers, God bless you too. And I think that the daddies and the children can applaud their mothers this morning. Amen. We indeed have mothers of faith in this assembly, and to God be the glory for that. Let me just read you a little quote that the prophet said, if you don't mind standing for a moment. Mother is so great. She bore you under her heart, 
gave you your first touch, wiped away your tears. Mother's Day should be, I'm sure you can finish that sentence for me. Mother's Day should be every day. And I want to, if I had a hat, I'd take it off to every one of you. You've been an incredible example in this crazy age we live in. You young ladies with your little darlings, and you have stood true and let this word mold you. I am amazed at your lives, though they not be heard, they are read by those that are around you. God bless you, because the greatest time of all of her life is to see her children around the table. Is that not true? Sure, it's true. And all of them happy, healthy. We would ask, Lord, that you would bless this morning all across the nations as we celebrate this Memorial Day of Mother's Day. But may this not just be a Mother's Day, may it be every day be so. God, grant this morning the mothers and women who have wandered away from God that they will come to themselves this morning, that the mothers, women who have wandered, realize that the word of mother means one who has begotten. May she realize that the offerings from her union with her husband have been sacred little gems that God has placed under her care. And God, then God, will hold her responsible for the rearing of those children. And as the scripture says, the good woman, the mother, what she is, her children... Raise up and call her blessed. God bless you mothers on this Mother's Day. Amen. Well, then, I know that yeah, that's sort of like you think of formality, but it's not. It's more or less a tribute, a real tribute. Not everybody can be what the prophet just Said. So without any further delay, I'd like you to take your Bibles, please. Musicians, thank you so much. I've said it around the world, and people have, and you say, well, are you being extreme? No, I've been had the privilege to be around the world. And um, they say, your musicians are phenomenal. Now my buttons pop. I said, no, they're not phenomenal. They're the best of the best. God has blessed us with phenomenal musicians to create an atmosphere for us to preach behind. I want to thank the ministry, most of them not here, Tim on the field, Brother Murphy, a must-needed rest, Brother Michael standing here is posted duty. But these men of God have preached from their hearts over the last months. 
And I, I, I would like to uh, encourage you not to look at these messages as messages as such, but as a great garment that God is clothing you with because Brother Bram said God gave you a five-fold ministry to dress you. And if I asked you what I preached last month, I don't think outside of Jean, he remembers everything. You, could, you don't know what I preached or Michael's third service or even last Wednesday. I had to ask him, I said, honey, what's the title of your message last Wednesday? I know it's really good. And I know we are blessed that way. We are surely blessed. But it's more than good. Those, these messages are, 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 are from the heart of God. And I, and I know that, and, I, and I'm actually going to, if I get to it this morning, it's all there. It's all there. Because you have a receiving crystal. Brother Brenham says, you have a receiving crystal crystal and even though you don't know that you've got it you got it and how many of you've witnessed and you say where did that come from right where, where, where scripture will come a quote will come something will come and it's just like a flood and you know it's not you but it's the God in you which was the word that you have received ministering to that soul and so thus I would encourage you, saints of God, many came forward, and I'm happy for that. But if that is just a moment of time, and that's all you remember, and you've left it at that altar, then you should not be that person anymore. Sister Victoria said, she, well, she's at another level. I don't ever want to see her drop to another level, right? So if we've moved up to a higher level... I know we have engineers here. We have them all around the room. We have tradespeople. We have uh, senior uh, contractor brothers that have learned their duties. If I showed up on a job site, I put on the, you know, the project manager's hat, they would laugh me to scorn because I wouldn't even know hardly which end of the hammer to hold. But you had to go through a process to get there. But once you're there, you're not going to act like you were when you first enrolled into your trade or business because it comes natural to you. You don't decrease, you always increase. And so then as the word of God has dealt with us in our lives, we take that word, talk about that word, live that word, and become that word. Is everything okay? Everything's all right. All right, that wasn't, that wasn't too hard of a gospel, but that's, that's what we need. We need not just for the moment, because now we're, we're at this time, we're at this junction, and there'll be certain things be said for certain people, and we don't even know who it's said for, but they will take that, and they'll get that service, I remember that, that, and that. And may God just inspire you once again. Let's turn to, um, oh, Proverbs chapter 11.
Now you help me this morning, all right? I'm going to depend on you. Because you know me, I don't know half the time whether the Holy Spirit comes and I break down or, the, or we go and we're roaring like a lion. I don't know what, what day it is today. So just help me, just mind the Lord, all right? Just mind me. Um, Proverbs chapter 11. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but just weight is his delight. Can we read that together, please? A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seat. I'll just title this part two from last week. There's many titles I had thought of as we'll go through this uh, little message this morning. But first of all, I, I wrote down, let me be weighed in an even balance. This is not a very, as, as we start this little subject, you're very common, even though in the old days, and we'll re- make reference to Deuteronomy 25, you are, are, are very accustomed to weighing things out. That's, that's not a great mystery. But as we, we discuss this, because a false balance is an abomination, so we do not want to have a false thought. Because if, if, if we're not balanced, there's an abomination. And if you look up the word abomination, and if I start to give you a description of it, I think you'll be at the bottom of the pew and I won't be able to pick you up. It's not a good word. So a false balance is an abomination. You say, well, Brother Tom, is he talking about balance of scale? Well, you have a scale in your mind, and you weigh things out. You weighed out this morning what you'd wear. Well, if I wore this, I'll look this good. My, my wife says to me, Honey, it's spring, it's summer, you're wearing winter. Really? Okay. But I had to weigh out. I like blue, I like a blue suit, but I didn't want to wear my blue suit, but I weighed it out. I got a tie that matched, it was there, I didn't have to reach for it and study it. I have a hard time matching my ties. You weigh it out in your Christian life. And a lot of you weigh out, eh, do I want to study for my exam or forget it? I can get a low grade and as, as a young people. My dad always used to say, son, you get out of it what you put into it. If I don't put nothing into my studies, I got nothing out as a mark. That's true. 
But you had to weigh that out. Would I rather play baseball or football or forget my exam? You have to weigh it out. You have to weigh out many things. Anybody here play checkers? Like it's not a sin, okay? <laughs> yeah. Checkers so old that it's gone by item or something? Okay, let's raise it a little higher. Anybody play chess? I like chess. Chess is actually a game that is called, for me, I always called it the game of life. Because if you make this move, this happens. And the idea is I want to conquer that devil on the other side. I'm not calling the person a devil. But I always, I always, you know, you want to conquer. And sometimes you have to sacrifice something to achieve your goal. Right? Your rook has to go or, or, or your pawn has to, you know, I mean, does, do people understand the concept of, am I talking to a group of people that know how to play chess or know about chess? Okay, generally, there's a chess master right there, you know. So I got to watch what I say here. You go to war, and the scripture says a man sits down. Jesus gives us the, uh, the parable. What man doth sit, not sit down and say, well, if they got 20,000, I got 10,000. Can I win this battle? That's called weighing it out. Or a man says, I want to build a home. And then I can, I've, I wake this much, I can get this kind of mortgage, and I can get this kind of material, and I've got I to build in within this budget. And you, you actually weigh out whether or not you've got the means, the ability to fulfill your final goal. You weigh it out. We have lovely families and couples here who weighed out who their helpmate was going to be. Or just fall, it did it just fall into place and you just grabbed the girl and married her. I mean, you're all, are you all looking so sanctimonious this morning? Did you pray? Yes, you prayed. Did you wait on the Lord and say, Lord, is, is this the one for me? Because this is going to be not only my helpmate now, but it'll be my helpmate for eternity. Brother Bram said, you stepped out of eternity into time, and you'll step back from time back into eternity together. Isn't that lovely? I think that's so lovely. So there's so many things that we weigh out. We wrestle it out. But we want to be balanced. Now, I know we had a, a, a lovely time up at the camp. I hope it was for the young people, we, young people, and we had old young people, which was fine, Gabe. That's okay. We won't call you old. You know, he's just young at heart and a lovely brother. But you know, one thing we get out of high school, especially for guys, and I don't know what girls do on this account, but oh, I just got to get a hot car. And it got quieter. 
And so I, I, I've got to have this, and I've got to have that. I'm going to go down to the bank, and I'm going to have a banker give me money, and I've got a job, and they're going to make me pay my payment, and I, I'm going to have, you know, I don't want, to, I want 20-inch wheels, and I want rims that shine, and, and it's an old junker, really. But you want to dress it up a bit, spend all that money. And as I said to the young people, it's a depreciating asset and so then sometimes you need somebody to speak to you about that and say that $20,000 in five years is going to be a bunch of junk like about five grand you've lost 15,000 and if you would have taken that 15 put it in the bank make it work for you ah but you have to weigh that out is the satisfaction of Pleasure of riding a hot car. What's it trying? What? You, it's, it's only your ego. Oh, I'm helping you, dads. I'm helping you, dads. It's your ego, because you'll find out that that payment is hard to meet, and you could have used that money in a better way, and you could have invested it and put it into a home, or maybe a townhouse, or maybe a condo, and had something a nest built up. You have to weigh that out. And sometimes when you weigh it out, you make the wrong mistake. It's not, it's not, it's not bad. I totally, you know, I totally understand that. I, not every decision that Tom Ray has ever made was always good. But one thing that is good, you learn from your mistakes. And so... As I look at this little subject this morning, we want to be able to understand everything we do, we want a balance. We don't want to run off in our thoughts, ego, ambition, and miss the mind of God. And then all of a sudden you find your scale imbalanced. And then you have to retreat back to balance it back. And a lot of times when something goes imbalanced, it's harder to get it balanced again. Take time to pray, seek God, make these decisions as unto God himself, unto the Lord Jesus. Brother Brown said in the, in the message, Oneness, that you would study it out prayerfully, carefully, weigh it out in the balance of God's word. The reason why this world is so imbalanced is because the, Satan has so abused the word that it's actually impossible to live a balanced life outside of Christ. I'm, I'm, and I, I, now we're just going to go from just a little bit of natural now we'll start weaving it in here. You cannot get a balanced thought from a man that's imbalanced.
Now, I have to watch my words this morning. And I have to weigh out my words. Because you know, if you say a certain thing, you've got to weigh out what's the reaction going to be. You can say one thing and get a certain reaction, or you can say another thing and get a different reaction. And so, as I said to the young people at opening, and Michael and, and Victor did a tremendous job, and my, Brother Marco and all the sisters that labored that gave us a, a, a wonderful evening. I trust everybody enjoyed it. But the opening comment, was think. And I've used it here before and I'll use it again this morning. Henry Ford said, thinking is hard and that's why so many people don't do it. Hmm. We get caught up in our own thoughts, but who says your thought is the right thought? Who said the Baptist thought is the right thought or the Catholic thought is the right thought? Who knew anything different? But then until God sent a prophet, we lived an imbalanced life. It's more than true. We were heading for disaster. And when that word came, we had to weigh it out. Could I actually believe God sent a prophet? Some of you took a while to weigh that out. Some of you didn't hardly have to weigh it out. And some still haven't got it, and they're weighing it out. But they will weigh it out one way or another. If God sends a prophet, it shows us a number of situations. It shows us judgment is at hand. And whether people understand that or not, that's their problem. But a prophet comes with a message. And the message comes with a word. And a word is a thought expressed. So any word that comes from a prophet has come from the thought of God expressed through his prophet. And it is a balanced word. But men take that message and mongrel it regurgitate it and say it means this no different than you've got with this and so marvelously he said say what I say say what I say So then the thought that was being spoken has already been weighed out. It's God's thought. It's perfectly balanced. Everybody with me so far? So then as as the proverb has said, 
a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So to see his children walk in the word in a balance gives him a great delight. You say, well, Brother Tom, that's not too deep. Well, we're not finished yet. But it's deep enough because still within the assembly is people with their own thoughts. And I understand that. Don't worry. I don't worry. I had three boys. Right? Everybody knows I had three boys? Sam is over there. Michael's there. I have Joel's in the back there. Old camp was a special time when they were growing up. Because if something went wrong, it was my boys that made it wrong. (laughs) Joel did this. By whose scale? How come your child's name wasn't put there? But everybody has their own scale and their own set of their own value. And you want to unweigh my, change my scale? So if Billy does something wrong, ah, that's just Billy, he'll get it. Tom does something wrong, Ichabod. <laughs> hey, what is he doing preaching here this morning? Huh? Has, has anybody here made a mistake? Oh, honest hands. You know what? I'd actually like everybody to put up their hand because you've all made a mistake sometime. <laughs> it's okay. It won't, you know, it's admitting your mistake and putting it under the blood. Okay? So we've all made mistakes. We, we've waited out. We thought that was the best thing to do, and obviously it wasn't the best thing to do. Maybe I should have taken some more time to think. Or maybe I should have taken more time to pray. Or I should take more time to read my Bible. But I'm watching too many Netflix. My goodness. It already stirring up inside me. The motors are starting to turn and the gears are moving. And the <laughs> What would make you think that watching garbage... Already you're imbalanced. Then how does God delight in doing anything you ask him? So there's, a, there's an effect that comes with an imbalance. You live a balanced life. You say, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. But I do this certain thing because you'll oversee it. No, he won't. We have the blood for the mistakes, but not for intentional mistakes. Ooh. I'm getting a few amens now because maybe it's your set of values over theirs. Now we have to watch how we do this. We want to live our lives balanced in Christ. It doesn't matter how you've been brought up. Some of you have been brought up in households that are just amazingly Whatever. And some of you have been brought up in amazing households. And some of you have been brought up with no households. But God sent a message. Christ 
himself to show the world that there is indeed a balance. Since the Garden of Eden, from the moment Eve listened to the serpent's lie, Humanity lost its balance. The Bible says that you are, let me read it here, Psalms 58.3. You were birthed speaking lies. Psalms 51 and 5, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So tell me, saints, who taught you to lie? Did you go to school to lie? Kindergarten. Oh, you went to a library club when you're three years old, and you sat around the librarian, and she gave you a book on how to lie. Nope. Where did it come from? Your ingrained nature. So there had to be a nature change. So unless you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, there is no balance in your life. Period. Period. You have no plumb line. How many have ever used a level? In their home. Hmm? And there on top of that level is a bubble. And there's a marker that shows you how unlevel it is. And what's, what, what is in your mind? I must get that bubble in the middle. Bubble in the middle. I think all of us are striving to get our bubble in the middle. We don't want to be cockeyed. We want to be straight. We want that plumb line to be perfect. And I don't care who you are. Every one of us have to come through the blood. Not saying you've come through the blood, but coming through the blood and walking in the blood. Because it's the blood, the life of the blood that gives you balance. Isaiah 59, 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I would say then to the unsaved, you are imbalanced. And an imbalanced life is an abomination. One right, one amen. I should hear an amen around the church. Don't judge yourself By your idea. Take God's idea. 
And I like to get to that. That's why I want you to understand when you come here or you pray here or you ask God for something, it's done. It's done. That problem, that situation that you put under the blood has leveled you out. Can I hear amen? It's not just something you do. It's not an altar. It's a special place. You can do it in your seat, but you need the word to level you out. How many has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior? Glory be to Jesus. Now we can get on level terms. Level. Balanced. How many have wrestled something in their mind that you know is right and you don't do what you think you should do? How many? Here's my hand. And then afterwards, after you did it, say, I know I shouldn't have done that. Something spoke to me and said, don't do that. But something in you overrode the still small voice. But what we want to do is to get more tender, to listen to the still small voice so that we can have a constant level life. Hallelujah. And then then you were going to do something and you didn't do it because you did listen and it turned out well and you say, I'm sure glad I didn't do that. I'm sure glad I listened. You, who's had that in their life? Sure, we all, I think we all have. So then without the blood, without the life of the blood, and how many of you read, you've heard, preached, preached the token, the token, the token. Brother Ram said this should have been the message that followed the opening of the seals because the seals is Christ and the token is the life of the, of the seals. So without the blood, without the Christ, without the word, in your own personal life, you got a cockeyed house. Have you ever gone by a house you can go down by the flats here. You, when we were kids, we used to drive. Now they got all big, these new 15 billion foot houses that sleep about 15 families. But in my day, they were little houses. They were, and, 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 and they were the people that worked the fields. And the ground was so cockeyed that at the end of the day, the, the one, you know, truss on the roof in one end of the house and the other one's there. And you go, look at that. I say, oh, that's a weird house to live in. There was a crooked man who had a crooked house. Huh? I said, how do they even walk in that house? How do they do that? But you know what? People get adjusted to their... Mm-hmm. Then they come to church and say, you preach so hard, Brother Tom. Really? I just thought I'm preaching the word. I didn't think it was that hard. So if you preach the word, don't tell me I'm hard. Tell, me, tell the Lord he's hard. That's a hard saying. Well, that's what they thought in Jesus' day. Everybody still with me? Okay. All right. Now watch my time. It's Mother's Day. I'm sure you've got some restaurant times you've got to fill. 
(laughs) So then, because of the garden, because of the fall, and because of mankind, you find out throughout the scripture, it doesn't matter whether it was in in, in the time of the Babel when the tower was going to be built to heaven, it got to be so cockeyed that they thought that they could. Can you imagine? I mean, Joel builds towers, 35 stories, whatever stories up how high. How many stories you got to get to heaven? You got to pass the moon? I mean, really, man, really got unbalanced to think that they're going to go so high, they're going to go find God in the sky. He's not in the sky. He's in another dimension. But that's why it became a bunch of babble because everybody had their own idea. And because they had, I guess everybody who got that idea got to speak French. Oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Spanish. No, I can't do that either. I can't say German because we just had a baby dedication. Let's just say they were all speaking English and then they all woke up and some of them had, had the same idea. Got a certain language. And it became Babel. And now we see the levels are all cockeyed. Oh, you say, well, is this, this is not a new idea. No, it's not a new idea. You just haven't thought about it for a while. Brother Orrin, there's nobody here I admire heartily more than you. This man went through eight years of university waiting to marry Amberly. Are you crazy? Where was Romeo in you? Right? Get me a ladder, pull her out the window, and let's get married. I'm sure you wanted to do it a few times. That's okay. But he had a balance. And he figured out that getting the degree and having then a job and having a, a darling wife and then you could get a home, you weigh it out. The great easy way is, yeah, sure, get married when you're first year at uh, university and you'll find out how tough it is. He thought it was tough for eight years. <laughs> I want you to understand that's Dr. Hildebrandt. <laughs> and I do take my hat off to you, Brother Warren. I love you much. But you had to wait out. Was it easy? No. Some decisions you make aren't easy. But you do it for what's pleasing. You want the blessing of God. So because of the imbalance from the garden, the imbalance of Babel, and the imbalance throughout the ages, and yet the scriptures was declaring there's going to be one time humanity will be rebalanced. There will be a Calvary. There will be a cross. That will be your bubble. It will be on the level. And any man from any nation could look to that lamb and get a balanced life. It's not your degree that's going to make you balanced. 
because you're going to have a cockeyed worker that's going to give you an idea that's contrary to the word, that's going to influence your life, and your bubble starts turning. You cannot, cannot, saints of God, allow Satan to corrupt the word in your life because as soon as he corrupts it, you become imbalanced. Will you turn to me, please? Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 5. What can wash away your sin? Come on. Come on, Jordan. Come on, Ben, David. Ben Joseph. I'm sorry, Ben. What can wash away your sin? Hey, you got the best voice up there on the planet. Come on, booming out. That's it, the blood. What can wash away your sin? What can wash away your imbalance? So then it needed the blood. But remember, throughout the ages, you had to walk in the light as he is in the light. Then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from what? What did you say? All sin. The summary of all sin. So if the blood washes you from what? All? Part? 99? 9.9? So why is there condemnation? I thought somebody would stand up and say, glory to God, I caught the revelation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the right. So if you got the blood in your life and it's washing you, your decisions are balanced. The things you say are balanced. The things you do are balanced. Now, let me just get, okay, I'll, I'll stand over here because all the ladies are over there. What is a woman to be? Anybody know here the scripture? Ryan, do you know what a woman's supposed to be? I guess you probably might not know that scripture yet. Huh? Eh? She's supposed to be a keeper of the church or the home? Home, right answer. Wow. Not an amen from one brother. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Did, did I hit on a scripture that hit home? A mother, a woman, is to be what? A keeper of what? The mall. I'll keep all the dresses lined up right. No, not this one. No. What is she to be? What is the man to be? Mm. Because if you don't provide your what worse than now? That's an unbeliever. So the word comes to give us a balance. So then, then as God started to open up his word to us, we found out we needed to be what? Born again. 
And all you hear at the Baptist church or at the Pentecostal church or maybe some evangel- evangel- evangelical church, you got to get born again, Danny. you got to get born again. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'll be born again. You just have to be baptized. We're going to baptize you. But we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There goes your balance. You didn't even know who God was before this message. You might as well say amen, glory to God, hallelujah. And you young people just think, well, you know, of course, I grew up in this church, and this is what I believe. It's by the grace of God you have been born into this church. It's by the grace of God you hear pure preaching. And you young people need to learn how to lift up your hands. Say amen, glory to God. Yep. Amen. We can coast along, go for the ride, but one day you're going to have to grow up and be your own man and your own woman. You're going to have to. A man is going to be a man of his house. And they shall separate. They shall leave mother and father. What? Start their own unit. And she will help you keep balance. And he will help you keep balance. Let me give you an example. Joanna and I were first married. We bought this little house off of Brother Gill, and uh, she wanted the wallpaper. Me, I'll put wallpaper on, and I like it just like that. But there's a, if you go to the top, it's perfect. You come on down, it's just a fraction out down at the bottom. It's probably a 16th out. Uh-huh. And I said, honey, that's good enough. Oh. Oh, not when you're married to Miss Perfect. <laughs> she said, dear, rip it off. It's money. See, we, we think different, right? We think different. That's money coming down. But if you're going to do it, do it right. That's what my dad always used to say, so apparently that's what Joanne believed. And I believed with her because I was wrong. And I knew I had to leave the house and do wash my car because I would continue to be that one sixteenth out. But when it was done, it's perfect. But what happened? It balanced. I got to be more in line with perfection. (laughs) Oh, this is a good one. I thought I'm a a worker man now. I put my, my worker belt on. I've got my pouch on, my hammer slung, my tape here, and I'm going to put molding around my house. Any brothers done that before? Oh, sure you have. And I had done it, but I was one-eighth out in one corner. I mean, that's about a big house, four-level house, four-level split. My wife walks up into the bathroom, moves the trash can, 
And right in that corner, isn't that right, honey? Right in that corner, not much was missing. She says, you got to do it over again. Money. Huh? But it balances you out. Because a lot of times you think your thinking is right. That's okay. It's not okay. Can you imagine somebody visiting my house and moving the trash can? Say, what kind of carpenter is Tom anyway? I doubt anybody would have known that except I told you this morning. And that was about 45 years ago, so... So now we are going to look at a scripture that you have been born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come in the world speaking lies. But now Paul writes to the church of the Romans. Let's read now Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says, Much more than being now justified by his blood. Uh, what does justified mean here? Does anybody know? Justify. Justify. What? Oh, I'm hearing it here, here. Let's look over here. What, what does justify mean? Over here? Justified. How many believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Do you believe that? How many believe that we're now reading the Bible? So now the Bible, which is the word of God, says much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through who? Him. Who's him? Christ Jesus. For if when we were enemies, enemies, we were reconciled. I want you to take a word, look at that word reconciled. Because the blood reconciles you. What made you imbalance has now balanced your life through the blood. We'll get into it. For it, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. No man, doctrine, preacher, no man is going to balance you. The word will balance you. So you say, well, Brother Tom, you said Brother Branham came. He was a prophet that preached the word. Before he came, how many denominations? And how many denominations now? It's in the tens of hundreds of thousands. Because man has an idea, and their idea is their balance, their plumb line, and it's not level with Christ. For if we were enemies, we were to be an enemy means you have no fellowship. You didn't want to be around that person. 
But when the blood of Jesus Christ comes within your life, takes the animosity of that hatred. Where did that come from? It came from sin. So then the blood had to annihilate that. Remember, not just remove it, annihilate it. So now that blood was to now change you from an enemy to be at peace again with God. I want you to think about it, then I want a louder amen. You who are an enemy did not have fellowship. He disdained it. You don't want nothing to do with it. But then God, rich in mercy, came down in your life, changed your desire. Now, you got to remember, you never changed your desire. It was God that changed your desire. It was God that turned you around. And so then, when he turned you around, he turned you around with purpose to change your level of thinking. I thought Friday night was for parties. The level was like this. But then Jesus came. And my level got changed. My level got changed. Your level got changed. Come on, look at me. Hatred Became love. Now, does anybody have something against somebody in this church? You are calling the blood of Jesus Christ not true. How many believes that the blood can cleanse you from every sin? So you want sin for yourself cleaned away, but how about the person next to you? Oh, it's your level now. Your stinking level never going to do nothing for you. You have to get God's level in your mind. And you will go nowhere. You will not grow in Christ. You'll be stuck at that level. Miserable. I've seen people have something against somebody. And that drives them away. I had this sister. And it turned out all right, so I'll tell you the story. We were at camp one year. And I don't know what camp is. All I know is I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And Brother Briscoe said, I think we need family camp. I'm 31 years old. We started a camp at Quamas, And our whole size of our camp was the camp that we had for one night at, up at the camp. 90 people. So anyways, you know, a bunch of foolishness comes in because people came out of Pentecost or out of this or this toothpaste on the doorknobs, soaping windows, throwing water at people. You know, a bunch of nonsense stuff that people do at what they call Bible camp. Is that a Bible camp or a nonsense camp? Of course, they've got a nonsense um, head counselor, me. So I'm the wet blanket for all their fun, right? So finally, I gave three strikes. Three strikes, you're out. So Hudson, you you do a, a, a crazy thing like put water on your leader's sleeping bag. I think your dad did that. Where's his dad? <laughs> Man, my memory's pretty good, huh? Not bad for seven. I'm 68 or something. And so, okay, don't do that again or you're out of here. Okay? Well, 
when you have about a couple hundred kids all through camp, you know, you're tired of that. You get, oh, is he two strikes now or is he one strike, whatever. I just got, I came to the conclusion, one strike, you're out. And Michael gets to use that now. But I had to go through years of agony on that one. So one strike, you're out. So the whole thought came. So then all of a sudden, because you know what happens here? Let me just help you on this. When you do a prank on somebody, there's a prank he's going to put. And it's always going to go a bigger prank until your feelings get hurt. They did this, it's a bigger this, and this, bigger this, and this. They don't want to talk to each other, and they said it's yourself. But he hates her. And she hates him. And you want the Holy Spirit to move. One mind, one accord. Can I say that again? I'll look right here. One mind, one accord. And the Holy Spirit started to move. If you're not in accord with one another, there's going to be a problem. And you know what? You, the problem really is going to be you because everybody else is still going to flourish. It's just you get robbed. You get robbed. So now the word comes. The word comes to balance this out, to reconcile you back to a relationship with God where once you were an enemy... So if you harbor, I don't care what it is, in any man's life, where's your relationship with God? Now, how many here pray? Okay, well, that's a good confession. Okay. How many has ever prayed and yelled at somebody the next moment? You have, Margaret? How do you do that? Let me help you on that one. Yeah, oh man, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> that's okay. We, that, you learn from that. That's Okay. How do you sweeten your life with prayer and then tear into somebody? It might take a while. I'll give you five minutes, Margaret. But normally, if you've sweetened your life with prayer, you can't be angry. You can't be upset. That's why Paul says, I would that you pray sometimes. No. So if you pray always, you're not going to have a nice attitude just for me. You're going to have a right attitude for the brother beside you, sister behind you. You get what I'm saying here? Because now you've been reconciled to God. He's now giving you a balanced thinking. Ah, but you don't understand the situation. I could care less what the situation is. Jesus said you're to love your enemies. How not love the redeemed of God? How do you have something against somebody? Why can't people be honest anymore? Just honest. Because their balance has gone away. Because they're using their own thoughts to justify their means rather than just live by the word. What does the word say? You'll notice in somebody that doesn't take the word away, not in fellowship. Because they, their, their balance has balanced them or slid them right out of church. And that's how come you call it backsliding. We want them even. 
Are, am I hitting a chord? Or is it a... Have you ever had to be on a panel and hit the wrong keynotes? And it sounds weird? I hope it's not sounding weird to you this morning. So what Paul is writing about here is that he, God, is exchanging your sin for his life. This is what Paul's writing about. So there's going to be an exchange take place because on God's scale, he hates an imbalanced scale. It's an abomination. He wants your scale to be level. And to level your scale is the blood. Do you get me? So then you're lacking the currency, the spiritual currency, to put on the scale to get Christ. You can't buy Christ. It's the gift of God. So he gives you. He takes your sin. And he gives you his blood. And by that currency. Puts you on the scale. And makes you equal. Glory be to Jesus. You are equal. Amen. Should have got a, and God's a great amen, Brother Glenn. Nice to have you back from China. Man, I was worried about you. You got the Canadian consulate getting chased out of China, and Brother Glenn's still there. I would say he's under the protection of the currency that he exchanged many years ago. But I trust that there's somebody here that needs to exchange your currency. Step forward. Throw out your old tattered garments. He'll give you robes of pure white. Ah, but on the scale, Brother Tom, I'm a teenager, man. You've never lived it up. Yeah, you're talking to the wrong guy. Okay? That's why God saves different people at different stations of life. There's a young man that God would save at a young boy. And I wished I was. I wished I was. But I had to go through nonsense, garbage. I've been in homes, parties where they're shooting heroin. They're doing whatever they're doing. And I'm standing there, what? How did I get here? Sin will take you farther than you think. And it was by the grace of God, it wasn't me shooting up. Because one day, Jesus started to turn my desire. Hallelujah. Away from sin. And said, I'm going to give you currency. It's called the blood. And I'll give you the blood. You give me your sin. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sin? What can wash away your sin? Hallelujah. Can we sing about the blood? Can we glorify God about the blood? People say, well, I got a problem with the bleeding word. Where was the blood before there was no word? Well, how can you have a problem? God can do anything. 
Before there was anything, there was God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. That's where the blood came. And in that blood, not, not the chemistry, not the red, not the plasma, not the, not the blood, but the life in that blood. He gave me his life so that I and you could have balanced lives. In an imbalanced society, and it's and the society morals. Listen, saints. Oh my. I've been trying to get to where I'm going right now for two services and I'm still not there. Can you forgive me? Because if we go there, we're another hour. Okay. So, <laughs> here you are, balanced out in an imbalanced moral society. See, when I grew up, it wasn't so bad. Yeah? But how is it now? How is it now? So now the balance that was a little cockeyed and God sent his word to bring it back to, to level. And he's talking about Pentecostal women paint, putting paint on their face, cutting their hair. What was he trying to do? Level out, level out society. Dresses. Hmm? You wear pants. Let me tell you something here, ladies. You're an abomination. And if you go home and do your little homework and you read what abomination means, I doubt you'll either come to church anymore or you'll come to church and pray and get God and exchange your stinking garments. Totally. Totally. The gospel came to give a people the mind of God in everything. People say, hey, the phone, Brother Tom, uh, we'd like you to have a counseling meeting so, or maybe have a couples meeting so we can raise our children a certain way. Okay, I can give you some ideas, but there is another way. Pray, pray, pray. Yes, there's a brother, of course. Might. Well, what did you do in this situation? Or what did you do here? And, and they give you it. You don't have to take all of it. Because that person was brought up a certain way. And how he handled what he just gave you, you might not handle the same way. Because you're from a different gene pool. There's not one brush for all. 